everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Book More Show. It's Stuart here with Betsy. Betsy Vaughan, how's it going? Fantastic. How are you? Perfect. Very, very good. Thank you. Awesome. It's um, middle of the week, podcast time again. So uh, right. I was in the car earlier and somebody, the guy on the radio said, um, well, it's Thursday. It came fast. You know what that means? <laughs> it's almost Friday. Yep. <laughs> Every week it happens that way. <laughs> so just, you just got to chuckle. You know? <laughs> So, so today, follow up on an email that went out on the More She's Less Whiskers stream. Um, anyone that's opted into that list, we refer to that podcast quite a bit. So I'm, I'm guessing that most people who are listening have listened to at least a few episodes. Um, so the Tuesday email that went to that group of people was talking about book titles. And we were talking about the five most effective type of book titles. That led to... Uh, couple of calls and questions so i think today it's going to be worthwhile to dive into those five categories and look at in a bit more detail what from our perspective is kind of the five most effective types of book titles to kind of capture that person's attention as the as your book titles passes their stream of consciousness their facebook feed or instagram or it's on a desk somewhere we're going to talk about the five most effective types of titles that capture their attention and really get people to say, I want that. Sound like a plan? I think it's a great idea. I think um, we could have this title conversation every single day of the week. Around <laughs> uh, we do. We just, it's a constant conversation. It's a constant, I think probably in my email box um, right now in my inbox, there are probably three emails that people have circled back around. They've, they've come on board. They've done their recordings. They've reached out to Susan. Hey, what do you think about this? And then Susan kind of goes, um, I like it, but let's ask Betsy. <laughs> so um, <laughs> there's a couple of those going around right now. So we kind of, you know, put our two cents in, or maybe we have a title, but then there's uh, the question of subtitles. So we talk a lot about titles around here. And um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's dig in. Perfect. So it's really the most important part. We talk about this in the book blueprint scorecard, the book blueprint mindsets that we've got. The title and subtitle is right up there at the top. As soon as you kind of dialed in that single target market, the title is really the thing that captures someone's attention. It's the thing that without having that dialed in or without having that as effective as it could be, even if the content in the book's great, even if the call to action's great, even if your program that leads on from that is great, if the book passes by and doesn't really cause people to stop, say, I want that, opt in for a copy or request a copy, then it's all a missed opportunity. So we, when we break it down, particularly in the mindsets, the book blueprint scorecard, when we break down each of those levers that can be pulled, each of those things that we can dial in, then dialing in the most effective title is really top of that um, top of that list and everything else flows from it so with the title in mind the group of people that we're trying to um, interact with trying to capture their attention trying to work with ultimately once we've got those dialed in the their most pressing question the thing that they're trying to get answered the thing that's on their mind that is the reason that they would want to be talking to you in the first place the conversation that's already going on in their mind is represented by the title and then we know that we want to start with the end in mind we've got a call to action in place we're leading the people from the problem to the solution then all of that then 
contributes to the rest of the content. So it's really that signposting. We know where we're starting from. We know where we want them to go. And that starting position, it's almost like the the sign in the in the mall, the, the thing that says you are here, that that naming, that signposting, that kind of direction of I'm, I'm stood in front of this sign in the mall. The question on my mind is, where am I? Then the naming of you are here is, is the most perfect words. We're trying to do the same in the context of the conversation that's going in their mind and what are the words that are likely to capture their attention and start that conversation rather than which we see a few times is people coming on board and thinking about book titles which are clever or too subtle or a little bit using a bit too much inside language the kind of open-ended question that kind of unfinished thought title which works where the book is the product and you want to sell the book so in a bookstore where you've got a whole shelf full of books having a title that's that's clever or it's um makes a suggestion about not so much a suggestion about the content but um i can't think of a better way of describing it than, than kind of clever in air quotes um but that those, those titles that don't necessarily indicate what the content's about or the solution or these five things that we're going to get into in a moment Mm -hmm. we sometimes get people coming in with that mindset there's very much at the moment a feeling of having one word book titles because when you look on the bookshelf in the bookstore that's very common it's very kind of of the moment the issue with that is that the book isn't the product you're not necessarily trying to sell the book you you're using persuasion techniques and tactics to start the conversation and lead people on to the back of a copy and the next steps so at the moment that seems to be something that we're seeing quite a few times people are getting very influenced by new york times bestsellers and biographies and and book titles that don't necessarily do what we're going to talk about here so just before we get into it I just wanted to set that up as a kind mm-hmm. of a, a comparison what we're looking for is the most effective book titles knowing that this is part of a bigger funnel not necessarily the most effective book titles if you're looking to sell a book and mm-hmm. have a book on the, mm-hmm. on the on the shelf in the bookstore so far so good so far so good all right perfect so the so, first one is Name the climate. <laughs> it is. Sorry, I paused then because I wasn't sure whether you were going to jump in with it or went, whether you were I waiting did, for I me to. I went for it. Let's go. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so name, name it and claim it. Um, this is, uh, we've got a field guide, a, a report that we wrote a while ago that I'll, um, as you're receiving this, if you're on our email list, so you've got the email about the podcast, it'll be linked in the in the email anyway. Um, if you haven't got that email, if you're just listening to this, then head over to the five book titles formulas, shipping over my own words, head over to the five book title formulas.com and then you can download a copy of it there. So the name it and claim it um, category is really one of the first that springs to mind it's one of the easiest to think about because there's a lot of books out there already that really kind of put a stake in the ground and claim 
a whole genre. So we were talking, uh, I was talking a second ago about persuasion. So that's Robert Cialdini's latest book, persuasion as a title, although it's only one word. So I guess I'm contradicting myself a little bit from what we said before. Um, but actually that is a good point because although we were saying one word titles are very de rigueur and aren't necessarily what we're looking for, persuasion as a title kind of gives you all the information that you need to know and then it's supported by a strong subtitle as well. But it gives you a lot of information within that. So as with everything, it's not strictly the case all the time, but validate at every step, kind of validate what you're doing and that you're doing it for the right reasons. So the name it and claim it ones are really sticking that stake in the ground and claiming that category. So another one that we talk about a lot is Financial Peace, the Dave Ramsey book, super well known because of all of Dave Ramsey's work. But that genre defining title of Financial Peace, A, it does what it says on the tin. It's, it's obvious what the book's about. And B, it really claims that that genre, it's a title out there that sits a, sets a stake in the ground and immediately allows you to know what it's about and immediately kind of um, ring fences that, that area of business. It's not always necessarily clear what the solution is. It's not necessarily always an answer to the problem, but it's words in there that kind of set the scene. So another huge example is the four-hour work week. So again, it's a title that names and claims that whole kind of industry to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Our own book, The 90-Minute Book, does the same. It kind of doesn't, it gives a an indication of what the solution is, but it really names in a specific way. Um, and I'm kind of sat here in front of the microphone or stood here in front of the microphone doing air quotes around these particular yeah. titles because they are... Um, they are defining in their own right. The Two Week Divorce is another book that uh, that we had recently. The Adult Acne Cure is another one. All of these things are naming and claiming that particular genre. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So I think those ones, if you've got something that, if, um, what's a good example? If you've got a program, if you've got something that, as people start to work with you or people who are in your sphere of influence already would know it as your thing. So Breakthrough DNA, um, Dean's book talking about the eight profit activators. If you've got things that are, you can almost try and kind of think of them as trademarks, I guess. They're, they're, they're things that are very specific to you that you're able to name and claim and they're not contradictory with something else they give some indication of what the solution is. Those are great. Um, those are great elements that form great book titles because it's it's almost self-supporting. It's in an environment where both the words make sense and the words as a phrase or as a trademark or as a statement that's associated with you. All of those things help and the book then helps support the rest of that funnel and the rest of the funnel helps support the title of the book because they're kind of self-referential and they're building on building on themselves i was looking through um as we're going on i'm going to get the gallery up and and try and Uh find some more examples in the in the gallery but um my computer seems to be using all of its power at the moment to power this call so the uh 
the browser has been a bit slow. So we'll we'll loop back to that in a second. Um, yeah. Those naming and claiming ones, I think, are ones that spring to mind very easy for people. So often, as we're talking about it with people, it's very often this category, which is the first one that springs to mind. This one, and I think the fourth one, when we come to it, are the two that are the most obvious for people. So as you're listening to this, as you're thinking about your own book title, that bridge, it really works well, whether it's that bridge of words that are in there that give a suggestion of the solution so again financial peace anyone that's in financial turmoil anyone that's in financial stress that's going to resonate with them and it's a, a phrase a kind of a, a term of art that is is then becomes claimed anyone that's not in financial stress or is in stress in a different way is looking for a peace in um kind of like well-being peace they're not going to resonate with this and this isn't the group of people that they're that you're looking to um looking to interact and engage with so it ticks a couple of boxes it's it highlights and identifies and allows people to self-select and gives an indication of the the answer and the future and the solution all within this this title that becomes its own kind of term of art the next one is a little more straightforward but it isn't necessarily one that people think of as a book title to begin with so the second one is a category called just do it and although it's relatively obvious when we start talking about it these for some reason are a little bit more difficult for people to to grasp and run with um as we go through this, it's not entirely obvious why either, because when you when you see titles like this, and if you look through the gallery or look on the bookshelf, you'll be able to kind of categorise a number of books in this way. But it's it's surprising how difficult it is for people as they start working with us, as we hear people talking about doing it themselves. It's not necessarily the first type of title that they they think about. So just mm-hmm. do it. It's that execution based terminology it doesn't raise any more questions this category is really about making a declaration of just get it done and i think it's that dynamic element of the language that trips people up so i think so because i think when people you know when they start people it's they they tend to and i I might i'm skipping ahead a little bit but people always want to say they always want to give the the why or the how to i think that's what people think of first you know, right. um, that's the first thing that, that tends to come to their mind, to their minds when we're speaking about their, their titles, you know, or maybe the name it and claim it. Um, and I don't know why that is when you think about it, because some, when, some of the examples that we're using here, like the, the think and grow rich or stop your divorce. I mean, that, that's such a great title, you know, stop your divorce. Like, yeah. wow, I'm going to stop my divorce. And, uh, and you I, know? Think, <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. It's the language and the intentionality. I think so much in the marketing, when you're thinking about marketing and thinking about engaging with people, we do it ourselves. We talk a lot about kind of joining people in the conversation that's already going on in their heads, positioning the book so it kind of intersects with that question that they're already having. So thinking about that coming from the position of what's the question what is it that people want to solve all of our thinking or a lot of our thinking is around the question and not the answer and i think that's maybe where some of the not disconnect but that's where 
it's another step of thinking. It's another kind of circle of thinking to think about, okay, what's the answer and how can I position the answer and not what's the question and how can I position the question? Mm -hmm. Because we absolutely want to be answering the questions. We absolutely want to know what the questions are because if the answer that we've got isn't the answer to a question that they're asking, then it's less effective. But because we talk about spending so much time on the question end, we forget about the answer end. And these just do it book titles are very answer orientated. So there's another list here, which I'll read through in a second. And all of them are about the outcome, the solution. All of them give you a warm, fuzzy, fuzzy feeling. It's almost like the jeopardy approach of here's the answer and then kind of backs off for the question. Uh, so yeah, yeah. like you were saying, stop your divorce. Perfect example. Dean in the field guide that's linked in the email talks quite a lot about the work that he did years ago now with Evan Pagan. So double your, t- double your dating and catching them and keeping both books that, that came out, I think in the early 2000s. But when you talk about double your dating and catch him and keep him, they're both very kind of emotive and solutions driven and you can very clearly see how this would answer the the question that you're you're having it's not how to perfect your dating or the the best dating methodology or eben's dating plan or anything that would be a name it and claim it type title or a how-to title which we'll get to in a minute but it's that it's that answer it's that solution so i think this is why people don't necessarily jump to these conclu- these uh, title options. I think it really is because we spend so much time, or we spend a lot of time talking about what's the question and what's the problem. It's that it's that thinking that gets locked in. So when picking which title to best address, I think the exercise would be to take these five categories, see if you can write one or two potential book titles in each of the five categories, assuming that they're all relevant, but make an effort for each of them and then give it a day, come back to it, let your brain percolate, let the titles kind of sink in a little bit, come back to it the following day and then assess the list again and see which one is really kind of a allowing people to raise their hand as interested because it, it is obvious what the book is about and the um it gives the promise of a solution although oftentimes that is amplified in the subheading but but still there's something positively emotive about it in there and then it's less about which of the five categories is the most effective but it's which of the which of the options within the categories you've managed to create that are the most effective if that makes sense mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a couple of these other examples that we've got in the field guide then for the just do it. It's um, Maria Forio's has one called Make Every Man Want You, Lisa Sasevich's Boost Your Sales, Ed Dale's Make Your First Dollar, and then titles that we've got from people that we've worked with Hypnotize Your Husband, Drop Three Dress Sizes, Double Your Income. All of these ones are very just get it done the right. the solution the end point is clearly stated in that uh, in the title right i mean that just i mean look those are right those really just grab you and really you just know exactly what you're getting you know you know you know at the end that i'm gonna drop three dress sizes i'm gonna double my income like <laughs> you're like i'm gonna read it's- those books 
And I think it's all of those are positive ones as well. So there is the, we don't have a book title, uh, we don't have a category, which is the negative version of it. So stop you, I'm going to fall into the trap now, not being able to think off the top of my head of what opposites would be. But the the opposite of W income, there isn't the book title called Avoid Poverty or financial piece, uh, uh, name it and claim it one. But I don't think we've got anything that is is avoid uh, avoid debt. Even the ones that talk about debt that we do have, like the debt-free solution mm-hmm. and things like yeah. that, it's all the positive element, of it, the positive it. side yeah, of it. Yeah. So although in kind of the psychological sense, people will avoid pain more than go towards um, – they're more motivated to avoid pain than go towards potential benefits. That doesn't necessarily correlate here. Here, it's really the opportunity and the outcome and the potential that is going to capture people's attention. So I think even if the subject is potentially negative, like divorce, then the positive spin on the title, like stop your divorce, is much more effective than focusing on the negative side of it. Um, because it does give that that promise of the solution at, at the end. Yeah, you know what? I was just thinking. We have one. We have one that's not on the website, and, and I was thinking about it. stop your foreclosure. Um, it just right. it just went right. out. That's another one. I mean, it's a it's a horrible subject, but you know, if you're picking up this book, if you're if that's something that's coming, you know, that you're dealing with in your life. Hey, this is a. I'm going to figure out how to stop my foreclosure. But it says exactly what you're wanting, what you're needing, and it's a, like I said, it's not, it's a, it's a, not a good subject, but there's a positive at the end of it, you know. I'm gonna be and you can imagine that's exactly, and you can imagine. So I'm guessing that's Penny's book. I've mm-hmm. known Penny for a good few years. It is, yeah. And that's a lot of her. She's a real estate agent, mm-hmm. but that's a lot of her businesses around the foreclosure side of things right. and helping people in that situation to begin with. If you are that person who's dealing with it, who's facing potential foreclosure, then the answers in the title, the promise of the mm-hmm. outcome is there. If you're in a, uh, if you're on your Facebook page, you've got all of these Facebook ads scrolling by. There's the offer of a book there called Stop Your Foreclosure. And that resonates with you. That's a very clear indicator. It's not ambiguous. The subtitle <laughs> amplifies it even further by giving a little bit more information. But again, it just allows someone to, identify themselves and say i want that immediately and then immediately they've got the opportunity to to click through and get a copy of it mm-hmm. um okay so the next one and we've briefly touched on this already mm-hmm. is going into kind of the how-to side of things so this is straightforward because the words how-to are pretty much in every one of these these titles this as a um this is a subject, as a title rather, category is interesting because the majority of these titles could actually be reworded and fall into one of the other categories as well. Mm-hmm. So why you would choose how to rather than, so how to stop your divorce rather than stop your divorce or how to double your dating um, rather than double your dating. I think the how to ones are where are best served where it's a little more specific 
and there's more actionable steps in the content. So this requires a little bit of, we say as you're writing it to start with the title, know what the back cover copy is, and then the content goes from there. This one is a little bit circular in that respect because knowing a little bit what the anticipated content is might help influence the title. And of course, titles can always be changed before they're published, but knowing more specifically what the nature of the content is might help you to identify the type of title. And if you've gone through the exercise that I just suggested of taking these five title types, these five title formulas, and then writing a couple of titles in each of the categories, then having that list as working titles, as potentials, and then circling back to it afterwards, you, you have dialed in what the book's about. You already know kind of what the subject is. You know who the group is that you're trying to associate with. You know what the question is that you're trying to answer. It's just the specifics on the words that you're trying to dial in. So don't kind of hold everything up from moving ahead with the content just because the, the specifics on the title words aren't there yet, but definitely know what the title is in its subject before you move forward. So let's give a couple of examples and it'll, it will make more sense. So um, once that we've worked with in the past, how to be the best barefooter on your lake, how to get high paying consulting clients, even if no one's ever heard of you. And that's Frank. So it's not one that we've worked with specifically, but Dean, Dean's talked to Frank about that book in the past. How to sell your house for top dollar, which is one of our own books, mm-hmm. how to get all the listings you want in any area you want without making a single cold call. All of these things have specific steps tied with them. So another example is the financial management, um, financial advisor type books. Mm-hmm. The nature of those books could be generic advice around specific topics. So the broad steps of retirement planning of um, what to do at 62 is a great example as you're approaching that retirement date, some of the things that you need to put in place, but not necessarily specific steps of now do this, now do this, now do this. The different, the how to books are great on the financial planning side where there is specific steps. So if, for example, you were to write a book on cleaning up your credit score or, um, the steps you need to do before applying for a mortgage. These things where there are call to actions like the five steps to this or the seven steps of this or in this main chapter where we've got the body of the thing that I'm telling you about. In the earlier chapters, I've kind of described it, but here's the chapter where we're actually doing it. There might be a list of bullets or steps where you can actually action it. Um, the immigration book, How to Bring Your Spouse Here, there are specific action steps included in that that could well have a, a, um, the, the title there is just bring your spouse here, but that would be a good how to candidate because mm-hmm. there are specific things that can be included. So I'm looking at our, our website at the gallery right now and, um, just trying to, even because I made that statement earlier about how people always, they, they, I have that lot, that conversation a lot about the how to seems to be the big conversation that we have, um, that I have in the beginning. Um, and when I look at our web, our website, it kind of makes a liar out of me, um, to be honest <laughs> with you, because when I look at it, that's really not the case. I mean, when I scroll down to some of the older titles, there's more of that as a subtitle, like the how-tos, you know? Um, so I, I don't, I, I wonder what it is that people, 
get I into think, it and go, oh, I don't yeah. want to do that after all. You know? So I think it's that people think about the how-to as the answer to the question, and two mm-hmm. things happen. One is that very often less is more, generally speaking. So yeah. how to win friends and influence people as a book title taking that down to win friends and influence people is not terrible, um, but it's maybe not quite as specific. So I think there's a little bit of people trying to cut down the title as much as possible. Fewer words. We're probably guilty of this ourselves a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily always think about including the how-to because quite often... um, quite often or i guess it's not that common that people of the books that we've written people have got those very actionable steps in the book yeah which maybe is i'm not sure that's strictly true i guess now i'm thinking about it in a bit more detail um anyway one of the things i do think it is a is a victim of it is this thing of people wanting short and short book titles so over the last two Mm -hmm. years we've got a lot more one word book titles than we right, did in the right. two years prior and that's very much this kind of of the moment do a go i see a lot of books out there on the shelf with one word titles i want a one word title yeah. as well and although we might suggest or kind of softly kind of trying to influence people in one direction at the end of the day people can pick the book title that they want and if they resonate more with a one word title and that encourages them to get it completed and get it out there that's better than being right. kind of coerced into yeah. a longer book title that people aren't necessarily that happy with so i really think in the last couple of years that's the biggest difference but i think it's a great reminder that how to win friends and influence people how to sell your house for top dollar those titles related to those books that are very specifically saying now do this now do this are much more powerful than if it was just win friends and influence people or sell your house for top dollar including the how to and actually for us as well in in part we include the how-to a lot in the subheadings so we do have on the front covers we've got a lot of hows on there they're just on the next line down often um so it is and again as we started it's this is more art than science and some other things come into it but i think how-tos get overlooked quite a lot but it's definitely valuable for people um, to think about as an option, particularly again, if you go through the exercise of writing a couple of titles under each under each formula under each type, and then just see which ones resonate with you and which ones you think will do best in the marketplace. Yeah, that's that's what I do. I was just having a quick scroll through. Actually, now you come to now that we're talking about it and seeing which ones. I don't want to say which ones might be better with a how to in there but which ones are potentials that could have had a how to in there Mm -hmm. so there are ones like your first dollar the example that we gave a minute ago in the name and claim it category of that could be how to get your first dollar but Mm -hmm. your first dollar is resonates enough just as it is um there was another one which i've now scrolled past trying to get back to it um 
Okay, this is making for great audio listening to me scroll. Right, I know. Okay, as I'm as we're talking, I'll see if I can get back to it. But there was a great example of one that would have been a great how-to, although the current title is fine as well. But it because it the content was more specifically, um, it was more specifically in instruction based, or there were very specific action steps. So, I think that's the key thing to take away. The including the how-to on it, where there are action steps, is more is more specific. And it might be where it appears in your funnel as well. So if you're looking to use the book with people that are absolutely cold leads that you don't know at all, and you're introducing a subject that is um, not so specific, it's slightly more conceptual, the book is more of a manifesto about a subject, then that's less of a candidate for a how-to because it's not... A, the people don't know you so much. B, kind of just at the stage of you introducing the subject. It's not that your relationship with them or their understanding with the subject is good enough to just say, okay, here's some action steps and execute. They're a little bit further up in the funnel. So what to do at 62 versus how to, how to, um, how to secure all the money you need for your retirement. They're two separate things. What to do at 62? People are earlier in the funnel. They're thinking about the, um, thinking about retirement. They're not yet, not there yet. How to secure the best annuity. Annuity might be a UK term, not an American term. How to secure the best retirement plan. Uh, the actual funding of it when it comes out, that's more execution when people are closer to being 65, they're closer to being actually retiring, they're at the point when they're making decisions that will affect them. So that's more of a checklist type scenario. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump on with the next one. Um, Again, I mentioned as we were getting into this that um, if you're on the More Cheese Less Whiskers list, then you probably saw a link to this report already. If you're listening to this because you receive our emails, I'll link to this report directly in the email. So grab a copy from there. If you're listening to this just through the audio, you're not on any of the lists, then head over to the five book formula um so the five book title formulas.com and uh, you can download a copy of the field guide as well which gives a little bit more explanation and groups all of the the example titles that we've got in one place so rather than trying uh, don't worry too much about following along here grab a copy of the field report and you can see it all on on the page at the same time okay so the next one is information gold mines now this is a super interesting one and I think this is very powerful and very underrated if it's applicable for you. Information gold mines are where you have access to data that the consumer, your ideal um, customer, the people that you can help and work with the best, you have access to information that they don't necessarily have access to or don't have easy access to or don't have an easy way of interpreting it. So some of the examples, and hopefully you'll quickly see what I'm talking about, are things like the 2018 Social Security Benefits Guide or the 2018 Lakefront Homes Pricing Guide or the 2018 US Hockey Scholarship Guide. All of these things where you can get access to data analyze that data 
add commentary to data, add some of your expertise, your help, your guidance for people to take the next step and really bring that together in one thing, one book, one um, piece of information that someone can request and it will help them move further down their understanding or their their decision tree because it's providing or co- uh, correlating and collating data that they don't necessarily get access to um through another channel now that's either because you've got access to data that they don't it might be proprietary data within your business that you can see and no one else can see because it it is your business it might be data that's provided through a professional organization that the public don't get access to um mls data is a good example of that it's the it's the type of stuff that as a real estate you've got access to a broad swathe of information that the general public doesn't get to see. All right, so very specific um, organization information. Um, Like, I mean, that's obviously Winter Haven, Lake Homefront, Price Guide, the Tampa Copywriters Association Guide. Yeah, so the, depending on what business you're in, so the the real estate example the pricing analysis of what's sold and what's mm-hmm. what's um, the price that places are selling for, how much off asking price above or below, the time to sell, um, the number of properties on the market, all of that type of data that over time you can coll- um, collate yourself or immediately just from the MLS you can get and do it and export and analyze that data and add some commentary to it. I mean, the the key thing really is your opportunity to add commentary to data that's out there. The data that's out there is um, less important in one way, although obviously it's, it's the key thing that people are interested in. So mm-hmm. it, it is important, but maybe what it is is less important than your your opinion, your perspective that you put around it. If you're a financial advisor, it might be around, again, use the UK example of annuity rates, which is the interest rates that a pension fund will buy. And then you get, depending on what the annuity rate is, that determines how much income you'll get from your annuity over the lifetime of it. Um, It might be mortgage rates. So if you're looking to refinance, how mortgage rates are moving over time, it might be... um, if you've got access to bank lending data and how many loans are being made and uh, bank's lending criteria, if you've got insights into that because that's the business that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, the tamper copywriting thing, it might be if that organisation is relatively big and they collect data themselves, then mm-hmm. you might be able to do some analysis on um, open rates on certain email headlines. If you're a florist it might be going back to that old example that we keep coming back to it mm-hmm. might be the price of different types of flowers over different times of the year so if people are looking for um choosing wedding flowers then knowing that roses in february around valentine's day are 10 times more expensive than they are uh, other times in the year all of these things where there's there's data that is um not secret but is difficult to come by and then you've got the opportunity to use that data, combine it in a way that's useful, add more value to it by adding commentary to it, then that type of book, the the 
category that kind of brings it all together under the heading of information gold mines allows you to create something that people are going to resonate and want because it's difficult for them to get elsewhere or impossible for them to get elsewhere. So it doesn't have to be kind of bespoke private um, kind of industry only data either. It could be something that's publicly available. Just maybe you're correlating a couple of different sources together. So, I mean, this is a stupid example, but um, it, it doesn't make any sense, but you could correlate the um, seasonal temperatures with the, average selling price of lakefront homes in Windhaven and write a book about how the average temperature affects um, the selling price. And therefore you might want to look to buy or sell depending on certain climate change projections. Um, I mean, that as an example, isn't particularly useful or, or realistic, but it gives you the indication of different sets of data that you can get hold of you might be able to combine it or you might know of a way people might always be asking. Um, I can't think of an example to back it up off the top of my head, but people might always be asking for data that you know combines in a certain way. And if you can write something that supports that, you know that it resonates with people because it's often a question. That data is perfectly publicly available. It's not secret data in any way. Anyone could do it. It's just that no one else has. So it doesn't have to be secret data. It's just bringing it together in a way that no one else has and then adding your opinion to it, adding some useful suggestions, advice, guidance, and giving people very clear steps, a call to action in the next step that allows you to identify them because it gets them to raise their hand and it starts the conversation in a way that you can then lead on away from the book and towards that kind of conversion to being a customer or or not even a customer but just helping them in a way that started by creating this information goldmine book all right that's an interesting one because i think um that is one that um isn't isn't so much thought about the other reason that uh, or the other way that um comes up is around kind of field guides and reports and annual assessments from other industry bodies so if you are thinking that oh that might be a good idea in my industry but i can't necessarily think of what it would be then look at what industry bodies are doing around certain times of the year um retail times of the year might be around uh black friday and things like that florist industries might have spikes around spring home uh, uh, real estate agents might have spikes around spring all of the industry bodies will have their own cycles as well as the annual cycle. Everyone releases reports annu- annually, but there might be publications that are being put out there already that you've got access to, not that you want to reuse that data, but just be inspired by that and think about what else is out there. I mean, look on blog posts as well. I mean, the amount of link baity type blog things that people put out there, listicles or um, industry trends, there's no shortage of ideas. It's then just going through the steps of collecting the data so you've actually got something useful to back it up. And the main thing is having an opinion about this and a reason why it's important and a question in the customer's mind that it intersects with about why they would even care in the first place. But I think this subject, this category, is one that's overlooked um, compared with some of the other ones that spring to mind a little bit more regularly. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the last one is... We've got one more. All right. The question magnets. Yeah. So this is um, 
This is one that people resonate with quite a lot. Um, but again, they don't necessarily think about because we think about terms of what the questions that people have, but then quite often we'll go on to either answer them in a particular way. And then we go back to the, the titles before where we're kind of posing the answer to a question, not necessarily the how to, but the, the answer to the question. Mm-hmm. But they're written in such a way or we're answering the questions in a way that is is pretty specific. And this actually is the way that we suggest that most people do it. Pick a subject, dive deep into answering that subject, and then um, always give people the opportunity to find out more and take the conversation a little bit further. This one, the question magnets, gives the opportunity to do it in a slightly different way. Gives the opportunity to answer some questions, but maybe answer more related questions to that one subject. So it's not like a big Q&A book where you're just kind of listing a whole load of questions and just giving short answers. That's not quite so compelling. There's a little bit more thinking to it than that. But it's starting with a main question and then answering that next sphere of questions out. So a great way of creating a book like this, if you've got a support organisation or if people are emailing you in with questions about your product or your service or there's um, questions once they've onboarded a great way of creating a book like this is to assess what all of those are and then group them together into the similar subject and then write the answers to uh, provide the answers to all of those questions but under the banner of the one particular thing so let's look at a couple of titles because it'll make uh, a bit more sense so one of the popular uh, traditional books out there is what to expect when you're expecting mm-hmm. so it's similar to an information gold mine but it's less information based and it's similar to the kind of how to but it's slightly more broad and not so much um kind of like given specific steps so what to expect when you're expecting it's a good way of answering questions around that subject but it's not like you're going to give people here's a 10 point plan in order to answer all of those things a couple of the ones that we've done internally and ones that we've talked about are um, what to do at 62 and there's a a similar book talking about a similar subject how much is enough both talking about retirement planning as i back to the desk and knock the mic um so yeah both talking about retirement planning so you can see there this is the opposite example to the one that we had with the how-to this isn't these books aren't how-to books in terms of okay you've got to 64 65 here are the specific steps in order to sort out your retirement it's not like the immigration one where here's the five things that you absolutely need to do and it's the same for everyone these books are around how much is enough, what to do at 62. It's going to broadly vary for, or sorry, it's going to broadly be the same for everyone, but the specifics are going to be different for each individual. So that kind of grouping together of the questions, the question is in the title, but the title is slightly broader, or it's answering the questions that are associated, kind of one one level separated from that title question. If you're in an organization where you've been in business for any amount of time, really, you're getting how-to questions coming in. Um, maybe even if you've only been in business for a short amount of time, but you spend time in forum asking, answering other people's questions, or you've got the opportunity to get in forums and see what questions are being asked. 
some of the examples that spring to mind there were like the DIY environment. There were huge forums mm-hmm. out there with DIY, DIY mm-hmm. questions, um, programming type questions, anything technical, um, even things like how to choose the best broadband. Um, we're just working on a book at the moment who the guys are looking at that from a small office type environment. But the questions that are on people's minds are in all of these places where people are asking the questions. So there's lots of opportunities to go out there, do a bit of um, research in the first place to know what the problem is, what the questions are, and then come back bring all of those together, throw away the ones that are a little bit too removed from the core question. But having the book that is that question magnet, that is the thing that answers the the questions that are going on in people's minds, it's not providing the solution. It's not the how-to. It's this broader, here's a subject that's relatively constrained, but here are the answers to the questions in this particular area. That was a long sentence. Does that make sense? Um, that, that was good, though. <laughs> I need to catch okay. my breath. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think these were, yeah, that um, that explains it. You explained it. Yeah. I think, like you said, when we started, we the questions about titles are one of the things that we get the most often. People have got um, either a, a questioning or, or wanting to validate ideas that they've already got. This field report... As you're listening to this, grab a copy of it. It's either in the email that you got with the uh, with the podcast in the first place, or head over to the five book title formulas.com and download a copy of it there. Because I think if anything, deciding if you could knowing who the group of people is you're gonna target, that you want to become in a conversation with, then thinking about okay, what is what is it that's on their mind? What would make them stop and raise their hand to be engaged in this conversation? And then looking at the five title types and trying to write a title that meets each of those, those categories, each of those formulas, then go away and, and do the back cover copy so that you know where you're going to and then write the mm-hmm. content because none of that's going to be changed by the title specifically. You already have dialed it in, but then in that process, somewhere in that process, you can revisit that list and see which of the, which of them is the most effective, which one of them you think is going to resonate the most. Don't worry too much about which category it falls into, but just look at all of those options that you've come up with and pick the one that you like the most. Then that, mm-hmm. I think, as a takeaway action, is really the, the best advice that we can give because it's mm-hmm. the way of kind of orchestrating the words that are on the front cover it's a way of thinking about a title in a little bit more of a structured way um but it is a way that that still allows you to in the most effective way start that conversation get people to raise their hand because when they see it their immediately their immediate thought is i want that mm-hmm. exactly and i also think you know sometimes th- that one of the things when we're talking about the in people coming on board and we're talking about titles I don't have a title and they get caught up and I said, it's okay. You know, that it's okay. You don't have to have, you don't have to have that title. So you don't, you don't have to know what category it's going to fall into and you don't have to have that title just yet. So uh, I can't tell you how many people come on board and they don't have that title yet. Um, we won't go to print without one. So keep that in mind. <laughs> um, and so once you, once you get into it and you really get into your, your content, um, 
it'll come to you. It, you know, it will, it will come to you. So um, I think it's a, it's a, yeah, exactly. It shouldn't hold up the whole process. No, I think absolutely. it's a subtle nuance and maybe it's the way that we talk about it. Maybe we can talk about it in a slightly different way. Um, Although I think, to be honest, it's just part of the natural conversation that comes up anyway. But knowing, we say to people that the title is the most important thing, that it's the number two in terms of the mindsets. It's the thing that you need to have dialed in before you get started. Whilst that's true, just as you're saying, it's it's not the case that you have to have the final words and once it's decided it can never be changed we can we're not going to go to print without the final title the final title can change it can get dialed in but in this exercise that we're talking about of writing down options under each of the five banners it's still all in the same ballpark you still know what the subject is you still know the question that you're trying to answer in the reader's mind you you still know what it is that's going to get them to raise their hand it's just whether you pick words a or words b on um, title A or title B on specifically how you position it, that's, don't let that hang, hang you up. The main thing that we're trying to get people to think about is don't just randomly start writing words and hope that a book will, will come right. out. It's not a building and they will come type thing. Know where you're starting from and know right. where you want to go. But looping back to the, to the, um, you are here type billboarding in mall. It's not that we would ever suggest not putting the, the the sign up with just a push pin in it saying, indicating that you are here, but whether the words on there is you are here or here you are or you or a little smiley face or just 10 big arrows pointing to the position, it, the the specifics of what the indicator is, what the title is, can be dialed in or decided on later it's the fact that you know where on that map the pin is broadly it's it's here it's not there it's just the words associated with here can be dialed in over time exactly that analogy made perfect sense in my head but i'm not sure whether that got lost as it came out of my mouth (laughs) it's all good uh okay so like we said we can do that we could do this whole title thing um hours and hours of titles yeah i think so and you know what as we've been talking i've kind of flicked away on the screen to various different ones and i've just gone back to the call timing and i thought we were half an hour in but we're actually almost an hour in so i I mean that's just an indication of (laughs) how um how much variation and nuance and there are there really are a million different options but there are five broad categories of options that make the most sense don't worry too much about specifically which one it is you know what the what the subject is write some examples come back to it at a later date and then pick the one that you like the most and and run ahead with that um so let's draw a hand under it there um okay. i'm sure we'll be revisiting titles again in in a month or two but okay. um let's talk about next steps so we'd said that the most effective thing that people can do as you're listening to this if you're at the stage of picking that title is really use those five headings of, of formulas, write an example or two under each, set it to the side, come back to it the next day and then look at it again and see what, what really resonates. So as I mentioned, if you've got the email about the podcast, there's a link to the field guide below. If you don't, if you're just listening to this through iTunes or one of the other podcast players and you haven't got the email, then head over to the five, the number five, the five book title formulas.com. And then you can grab a copy of that field report and, and, the words that we've spoken here will be laid out in a bit more of a refined way, help you go through. Um, 
I mentioned the book blueprint scorecard a couple of times there and the eight mindsets that we have around creating the perfect lead generation tool. So if you haven't yet, one of the great things you can do is head over to bookblueprintscore.com and then fill out the questions to get a personalized scorecard back yourself. And across those eight mindsets, you can see where there's opportunities to dial things in a little bit or, or pull the levers a little harder to really make a difference and kind of get the most bang for your book once you've got it written and out there. Um, the other thing that I mentioned in the last couple of shows is the opportunity to be a guest on the show. So we want to get these Q and A type um, shows up and running a little bit more. We've got a couple in the in the pipes ready to come through. But if you want to be a guest, and then we can talk through plotting the ideas for you, specifically for your book, whether it's the title or whether it's the content or the call to action or how are you going to use it, the funnels in which you can use it, just head over to 90minutebooks.com forward slash guest and fill out the, the little form on there and we'll we'll be in touch to get a call scheduled and be on the show. And then um, lastly, the easiest way, as we've said before, is for us to do it for you. So if you are ready to get started, then just head over to 90minutebooks.com, follow the Get Started links, and then we'll be on hand to walk you through all of this and get your book created for you with um, with you just being able to concentrate on the, on the content and not all of the other necessary bits and pieces that go along with it. Very good. I think that's it. Anything that, uh, anything that we've missed? No, I think we got it. And if we didn't, we'll catch it next time. I'm <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Betsy. Thanks, everyone. And we'll catch you in the next one. Always a pleasure. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.